1: i was walking through the halls of a minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me he said i bet you never like the blues until they won a cup so i calmly turned to him and said hey man listen up i admit it's pretty great to win lord stanley's prize but listen I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from Old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Oshie, oh, is Berglund, J-Bo, Perron, Petro, Steiner, Allen, Tarasenko, Gunnarsson, Bennington, Edmond, Shen, Stastny, Elliott, Fabry, Riley O'Reilly, Schwartz, Reeves, Yarrow, Barber, Dunn, Dunlange, Brunner, Cole, Koliakobo. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. A team from Old St. Louis, man. Got a cup in year, 52, man. So gimme a we went blue. <laughs>
2: hello and welcome to blue notes located on the best city on the mississippi the best in the midwest we've got that stanley cup power too sweet to be sour and if you're still clueless we are talking about st louis we are your home for st louis blues coverage on the hockey podcast network i am one half of your blue notes team tom franklin joined by my teammate, my homie my comrade whatever you want to call him he goes by many names but he's also called wags how's it going bud
3: Oh, it's going well, just shaking off a one goal loss in our hockey oh. game earlier and dealing with a little sore ribs after an elbow in front of the net. But you know what? We're talking about the blues, and that always gets me hyped up,
2: even if it is stomach turning moments. But it's still hockey and I still love it. Yeah, your, your stomach's been through some assault this year. I mean, not just, you know, because of the surgery, but also, you know, getting elbowed in the ribs. So it's gonna be my goal to make you laugh as hard as you can. So, you know, we can actually have some. You know, tears flowing, you know, because for the love of the game, for the love of the game, (laughs) always, of course, Uh, you're you're a hockey player. Shake it off. Come on. Yep. Got to. Got to. All right. This is episode number 78 of Blue Notes. Welcome. If you have a uh, comment uh, you want to drop, drop it at the Facebook, uh, Twitter or YouTube pages. If you're watching right now, of course, audio uh, listeners will have this available on podcast starting on Monday. And this is uh, the uh, doldrums of the offseason. Uh, we have absolutely no St. Louis Blues news to report whatsoever. Nothing happened in the last week. Uh, Vince Dunn, as far as I know, still doesn't have a contract. That's like the one thing we're watching for. That and to see if there's any more salary cap related news. But uh, we're just kind of sitting here as you are, you know, just kind of waiting for uh, the next shoe to drop, whether it's, with the blues or with the league and what they're going to do for the next season going forward. Um, Really? I haven't even seen a lot of scuttlebutt about that on Twitter lately either. That's been kind of quiet as well.
3: Yeah, it's been absolutely dead silent. I have heard absolutely nothing. Usually the NHL Twitter page has at least stuff coming out on a regular basis, but even that has been kind of silent. No, no, Top ten lists, not none of that stuff. It's been eerily quiet, and we still don't have any inkling of when a season could get underway. I mean, the NBA has come out and they're starting December twenty second. They they agreed on that. Well, now it's the NHL's trying to figure out what they're going to do.
2: Yeah, NBA is a little different, I guess, because you don't have as big rosters as you do with hockey. So I guess it's a little easier to manage on that end. Um, also, the fact you know, but that's another thing that NHL's going to have to deal with is they're going to be sharing a lot of stadiums with the NBA going forward, so uh, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, all we can do is sit back, drink our uh, uh, Center Ice Brewery or whatever uh, alcoholic beverages we are having, and just trying to get through 2020. We have uh, just under two months left, so let's drink to that. (sighs) And then we also have uh, hockey jerseys to give away. So uh, our latest giveaway is a hockey jersey. But there's some caveats to that. Uh, We have a a Jersey giveaway going on right now at our Blue Notes Twitter page at Blue Notes Pod right there. It's very easy to see. And all you need to do is like Blue Notes Pod, like Hockey Podnet, that's the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, and retweet our post, which I think was like our last post or maybe like one or two posts before we we, we posted it uh, today. So it should be easy to find. Retweet it and Basically, it's a contest within a contest. So, you know, we want, you know, if you retweet and follow those things, you're entered to win. But Blue Notes has to beat the other hockey podcast network podcasts to be able to give away this jersey. So, um, we need you to hit that retweet button. Tell your friends to hit that retweet button so we can get you a beautiful Blues jersey. We don't want to see San Jose, you know, the Stick Hungry podcast giving away a Sharks jersey. We don't want to see the Minnesota Wild, you know, dorks, you know, up in the Twin Cities give away a Wild jersey. No, we want to give away a Blues jersey, but that depends on you. So go to Blue Notes Pod, retweet our post. We have another week in this, and hopefully we can uh, give one away here. So Guy Bensing checking in here. He's got a special Aloha commentary coming up today as we are going through our top five most stomach turning moments in St. Louis blues history. Of course, last week was number five when we had, uh, we talked about Saskatoon and the 1983 NHL draft and honorable mention was Scotty Bowman leaving St. Louis today. As you can see, we were talking about the blues trading pronger as well as, uh, the honorable mention, Eric Johnson going first overall. And, um, uh, Really, both events within a year of each other, so that's kind of why we've got them uh, grouped together here. But uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of that, Wags, one of your brainchilds is starting to uh, take off here. Uh, tell us about the Blue Notes Certificate Program.
3: Yeah, so we are doing a certificate program for our guests. We, we wanted to find a way to get our guests involved and kind of spread the word about their time on Blue Notes. So we came up with this nice, beautiful certificate that we will email to all of our guests and then we will actually have them write their own names on it. So they're gonna have to do some work in this. They fill out the form and then they're gonna post it on their social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, wherever they want to basically saying, hey, look, I've been a part of Blue Notes and there's a reason why I did something. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and we've had some good responses uh you know gabriel foley uh luke Widbin both those guys have uh put out tweets about this with their certificates as we're popping those up on the screen right now and you know basically we, we want our guests to have fun with it, it it's not something that's super serious as evidenced by you know what it actually says you know <laughs> i was on there i got this because i did something of importance so we're just trying to have some fun with it and we really appreciate you know our guests that have filled this out and as we have more guests on we'll be sending it their way as well and hopefully we can get some more viewership out of there and i tell you what luke absolutely nailed it so he's just done so many good things for our show uh but his tweet absolutely nailed it we
2: retweeted it make sure you check it out there it is absolute gold and everything i envisioned when we created this and I'm gonna leave this friendly, smiling mug up on the screen here just for a little bit. Number one, just because I love his backdrop. You know, I you know I have I consider a decent backdrop of my you know blue stuff behind me, but uh, his looks classy. His looks very classy. Looks very neat. Look very looks very tidy. Uh, you can see that he's a big Alex Steen fan. Uh, he just got Alex Steen all up behind him. It's it's it it's it's a beautiful sight to see, and of course. Uh, great job with the uh, certificate as well. And we're highlighting him today because, well, Luke did it again. He did it again. He uh, he has dropped another single, uh, the latest single. I guess you can call it a single, I guess, if it's a, uh, basically a social media, Twitter, you know, parody video. Uh, we're going to call it a single because you know what? He deserves that teriyaki fingers. Of course, you hear um, him uh, do our uh, intros Every single week, you know, here on Blue Notes, he is the voice behind that. He is at online on Twitter at Teriyaki Finger, so be sure to give him a follow. He is a swell guy. We had him on Blue Notes a few months back to uh, when we introduced our new uh, intro song. So um, he uh, he has moved on from Johnny Cash to Billy Joel this time, and this is an issue that strikes at the heart of just about every single blues fan you can understand why this song was made when you hear the lyrics and you see the content he did a video he did a full-blown video of this and we're gonna play it for you right now this is the debut the the online debut he said he wouldn't debut this himself until we did thank you luke the online debut of luke widbins we need a good netminder
0: Expansion draft, Go. Glenn Hall taking third overall. Con by winner, but the only win the Blues would get. Seth Martin back up, left to drive a fire truck. Kaylee, we met Irons just a game, and that was it. Jacques Blood retired great, back on nice to dominate. He and Glenn Hall split the Fesno, only franchise win. Paul retires, comes back Wakely Edwards, we shall pass Plot is struck in the head Blues lose the cup again We We need a good netminder So we try to sign him But can never find him We need a good netminder so we try the draft, but they never last. Hall retires, final time. Ernie Wakeley in decline. Jacques Caron called upon, wins the starting job. McDuffie loses every game. Traded, not nice things to say. Bob Johnson chills Tom Jim, watch him mean McLeod. St. Louis brings in accountant Wayne Stevenson. Starts a couple seasons. Reavers draft. Caron is taken. Davidson makes a jump. Stevenson is traded out. Eddie Johnson traded in. Blue's got ties with Davidson. We really need a, a good netminder, so we try to sign him, but can never find him. We them. need we a good netminder, so we try the draft, but they never last. Forty-year-old Johnson plays, Grand Five Seasons never stayed. Four years, Yves shade, not consistent, sent to flames. Blues call up another kid, Stanislavski thrown in. Real cool helmet, hurt his hand, join the army instead. Bill Meyer brought in, one game, nine goals Richardson Blues miss the playoffs, back to back seasons 18 wins 79, lowest for the franchise Meyer traded to the Flyers, Mike Lee, you'd finally sign We, we need, need a good netminder So we try to sign him, but can never find him We need a good netminder so we tried the draft, but they never last First step of the eighties, Mike don't the crease the Pearson, All-Star, Skidmore, Lorach, Henlin, Hines Couldn't pay him, had to trade Wamsling, Millen, Daryl, Major, Blond, Steerendo, Endo Baron, Cujo Team is great, can't win, Casey, Ribnack, Sergeant Grab your place in every game, till his knee is blown away We, we need a need good netminder So we try to sign them but could never find them. We need a good minder. So we try the track, but they never last. McLennan, Parent, Racing, Carey, Roman, Turex, Mask is scary. Scored on from the red line, Johnson, Brathwaite, next in line. Rudy, Davis, Osgood, Sanford, Grasso, Laleen, Schwartz, Cashwood, Bishop, Conklin, Toy, Legacy, Holt, Mason. A lock in a big trade, Elliott makes big saves. Miller fails, Broder signs, Jake Allen's time to shine. Nilsson, Copley, Carter, Hutton, Allen, Flounders, Drop, Chad Johnson, Call up Jordan, Bennington, two backs up the cup, Win- we need a good netwinder, cause the team was failing and who's was ailing. We need a good netminder binder till the calm and the wind went on and on and on and on and on and on and on We need a good net binder looked look really great until the COVID break. We need a good netminder we just traded Alan, so I hope we have him. We need a good net binder. So we try to sign him, but can never find him. We need a good finder So we try to draft, but they never last. We need a good finder So we try...
2: He did it again. Oops, he did it again. I, Beautiful. No... I, 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 well done, Luke. Luke, the the video was, I mean, the, the last time we just had Luke Widbin, you know, strumming on a stick, you know, himself, you know, he put some work into that, Wags. Uh,
3: yeah, because everything lined up perfectly. It's, it's hard enough to get the words to line up, but to get the words and then the pictures and everything like that to line up, that's a labor of love. That's a lot of skill and talent, and amazing. And if he ever wants to move away from what he's doing now, I will be first in line to promote his stuff and get him a job
2: doing what he something in that nature. Well, uh, he's already inspired our very own Hawaii blues fan guy. He says he needs to step up his game. Um, you know, now Luke doesn't have the benefit of beautiful Hawaiian backdrops behind him, so. You know, that's you know, it's maybe it's not maybe it's not apples and apples per se. But you know what? I love the inter blue notes competition here, you know, for for supremacy. Now, now, now this week uh, on the in the Aloha commentary, which we're going to get to here in just a little bit, uh, guy calls himself the gold standard and he calls himself the gold standard because uh, he has been our most uh, frequent guest here. Uh, so we're gonna play his aloha commentary here in just a little bit of course we have our uh, list that's continuing to count down here uh blues trade prong at number four Eric Johnson drafted first overall is our honorable mention this week uh guy's got his own list going and this is a week where he's got two different choices for his uh his own uh, top 10 list he's got a, he, he did the full top 10. So we're going to get to that uh, here after we uh, plug another one of our Hockey Podcast Network podcasts here. Um, Guy noting that he, uh, you know, Luke can sing, but Guy cannot. Um, You know, after a few beers, Guy, I'm sure you can, you know, bang out a tune in 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 the bar somewhere. Um, Maybe not the virtual bar, but, you know, a real life bar.
3: So You know, we'll put it this way. If uh, Brett Hall's Gloria is any
2: standard, I think a lot of us are safe. I, I, I think so too. And uh by the way, it it should be noted as we're as we're talking about, you know, guy's singing skills, uh, he is his Aloha commentary comes from a place called the Blowhole in Hawaii. So, you know, it's 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 just if if the shoe fits. So all right, we're gonna get to that here in one minute after we plug another one of our hockey podcast network shows. Aloha commentary coming up.
1: Some enforcer based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the hockey podcast network. And now some
2: Coacher, who's down
1: on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, You yeah, know, actually, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colt Moore. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen.
0: Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast. presented by the Hockey Podcast
1: Network. Mark Berger, man. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, blah, blah. And he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Berger van's hilarious. No, this guy was a
3: riot. Yeah, you know, he would. that uh, be at the bar, and he's like, "Oh, I just had a penis colada," and the girls would like give a double take and be like, "What?" He's
0: like, "Yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I it's not bad. You know." Enforcer based podcasting wherever you get
2: podcasts from. Before we get to the aloha commentary i do want to warn our audio listeners that uh guy was at a very windy location so you can still understand him but just note that his audio might be a little rough a bit as he tried to go jim cantori on us so you know he's not just the gold standard but you know he's also our jim cantori here so uh bear with it but uh uh let's go ahead and play that aloha commentary
4: aloha blue notes podcast I'm Guy the Hawaii Blues Fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report, and this is my Aloha Commentary. First and foremost, I want to thank the guys for this wonderful certificate. Um, They told me I could put my own name on it, so I wrote Guy the Hawaii Blues Fan, the gold standard. I've been a guest twice, and I do a weekly segment. Come on you other guests, you gotta catch up. Well. In recent weeks, I've been taking you all around Hawaii, and today, I'm at a famous natural landmark called the blowhole. If you look over my shoulder here, you'll see when the water comes, the water will shoot up in the air, and that's why they call it the blowhole. Why would you ask me at the blowhole? Well, just about everybody I'm going to talk about today is known for being a blowhard. That's right. They didn't know how to keep their mouth shut. We're doing the ten most uh, gut-wrenching moments in Blues history. The guys say five with five uh, five honorable mentions. I'm just calling it ten. Quick recap. Number ten for the guys was Scotty Bowman walking. Number ten for me was Coach Quinville being fired. And number five for both of us was the Ralston Perina trying to sell the team in 1983 to Saskatchewan. And nobody showing up to the draft. So, let's move into number 9. Number 9 for the guys is the draft of Eric Johnson at number 1 overall. At the time, Eric Johnson was the first defense, American-born defenseman, drafted number 1. That's right. And there was a lot of talk about him. It really seemed like he was going to be the guy. However, he got in an argument with the golf cart and that was that. Uh, he, he spouted his mouth a couple of times. Uh, they didn't like it, and I ended up trading him to the Avalanche. Now, I will say that he's been a better-than-good defenseman, but he's really never lived up to his uh, billing as the number one overall drafter. There were two or three guys right behind him that we could have had, John Faze being one of them. Instead of hating that guy, we could have the shit out of him. Well, uh, for me, that whole draft was junk. Johnson is the only one that's still playing. Uh, we got Bergelin in the first round, too. However, we traded him to get O'Reilly, so that was good. But Bergelin's out of the league. I still think he's got miles left in and he could come back. Hint, hint, guys. Um, excuse me. So my number nine... Is the Brett Hull free agency? Now my nine my Brett Hull is a little lower on the list than the guy, so I'm not going to go too great into it. But this is a personal one for me. Uh, back during the Gulf War in 1990-91, uh, it was Brett Hull on that bull streak that was keeping me. That was how I kept my sanity by trying to read everything that was going on, reading all the news reels I could get. So when he decided to leave in free agency, that was a gut right wrencher for me. Um, maybe not for everybody, but it was for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with that being said, it's time to go to number. So, I'm going to talk about my number four first. And my number four is probably the biggest blowhard of them all. Mike Keenan. The Mike Keenan era came in with a thunder and went out with a we uh, won't get too much into it because this one's higher up on the guys' list, and I'll talk a lot more about it then. So let's get to the guys' number four. The guys' number four is the trading of Chris Prong. And for me, it's a lot more than just the trading of Chris Prong. This is the end of the Lowry era. And this is... Hallmark sucks for St. Louis. First we get Bill and Nancy Lowry. Walmart money, they damn near destroyed the Blues. Then we get Stan Cronky, and everyone knows that that bastard did. So, what happens here is, the Lowry's by the team, and they mismanaged it. Uh, NHL salaries were going through the roof, and they got in the salary room. They had longer, they had weight, um, and, and just all these huge salaries that they couldn't handle. In 2002, 2002, 2003, 2003, 2004, the Lowry's lost $60 million combined. That's in just two seasons. Uh, It was just huge, the amount of losses. So they decide to sell the team. They go through an investment group, and I can't remember the name of the blowhard there, but he tells them to cut salaries to make the team more affordable and more interesting to potential buyers. Wrong move, Jackass. The right move was to keep that team together and that playoff streak running. That was the selling point. Not getting rid of everybody. After Dave Chickens buys the team, he uh, even says he's upset that Pronger is traded while they're in negotiation. Uh, This Dark Ages ends up lasting a while. This is the second of the two Dark Ages I talked about in last week's episode. And and this one just cripples me how long it took for the Blues to get back. We really don't start showing, um, showing promise until 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. So, this Dark Ages... This what sets up the Stanley Cup Championship down the road, but this is a Dark Ages that we didn't have to go through. Had the lovers been smart, had they kept longer and some of the others, when Dave Chickens took over, he wouldn't have had dwindling attendance and no money coming in. Well, guys, uh, I hope you guys really enjoy talking about this. Um, I know our, we're a little off, and, and that's great, but this is a really fun conversation. So I'm going to take this, and I'm going to throw it over to Tom and Wags, and say have at it, boys, because this is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, You <laughs> Blue no Fan Report, telling each and every one of you you need to like us and subscribe both to the Blue Note Podcast and the Blue Note Fan Report on YouTube, and... As you see the blowhole go off, I say aloha, mahalo, and I will see you on the next Aloha Commentary and Blue Notes Fan Report. Let's go lose, let's go lose, let's go lose!
2: And once again, that was our aloha commentator, our Hawaii hockey correspondent and our wildlife correspondent guy, the Hawaii blues fan bringing us to the blowhole in Hawaii. And, uh, thanks for bearing through his audio a little bit. It was a little windy and, uh, wind and microphones don't really get along, but, uh, uh, any takeaways from his, uh, his, his video wags? He, he talked about the Brett Hall free agency and, uh, We were going to cover that as part of a bigger episode later, but uh, that one, personally, as you know, as a Brett Hall, you know, aficionado growing up, that hurt. That one hurt
3: a lot for me too, because he was the guy that really got me into hockey. I still wear number sixteen because of my love and fandom for Brett Hall. He was, I mean, for a lot of Blues fans, he is the guy that essentially built what is now Enterprise Center. And he's the yep. guy who essentially saved hockey here in St. Louis. So, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough one to talk about. Um, and
2: I, I'm not looking forward to that conversation. No, no, me neither. It's, and, and it is coming up. Uh, we, will be, we'll, we will be talking about his leaving uh, going forward. And not only that, but all the painful steps that led to his leaving um, as, as it pertains to one man who you saw in Guy's video that was upside down. And for oh, I- good reason. I liked it when he, you know, was shot off
3: the blowhole. That that was oh, that pretty was, cool. That
2: was, that was great. That was great. You know, special effects here on Blue Notes. You know, I mean, you know, you know no one else can, and THBN could say they've blown a head coach <laughs> out of a blowhole like like we do here at Blue Notes. Seriously, good stuff, guy. And uh, he does have a good point, by the way. Walmart has not been kind to St. Louis sports. You know, it, the, the the lorries uh, were not a good time. For blues fans. And uh, then, of course, we all know about Stan Kroenke, uh, which I think shall be declared a swear word here on Blue Notes and should not be uttered again. So
3: what is it with the K last names that really make us cringe? I mean, Keenan and Kroenke.
2: Yeesh. Ugh, God, I I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it's a conspiracy, but uh, speaking of the Lories, that is our number four most stomach turning moment in Blues history. The Lories deciding that it was time to trade, uh, Chris Pronger, and so you know let let's talk about where we are at that point. So you know Chris Pronger by this point had been a part of the Blues organization for you know nine or ten years or so. He has he had cemented himself as a captain. Uh, At the end of his run, and he had cemented himself as a great NHL defenseman. No bones about it. He's big, physical, plays a good two way style, but he's more known for his tenacity. Um, He comes over in the Brendan Shanahan trade, you know, which talk about another deal that hurt me, you know, almost physically when that happened because I loved Brendan Shanahan growing up just about as much as I loved Brett Hall. And, um, when he got traded, I'll never forget the day I was just mortified. And, and then, and when I heard, you know, who they got back, of course, i had never heard of Chris Pronger before. And I was just like, who, who's Chris Pronger? Who, who is he? Is that Brendan Shanahan? You know, but when you're nine years old, you don't, you know, follow hockey prospects like you do now. And you, you know, I would have otherwise known that Pronger was a great hockey prospect. Um... His partnership, of course, with Al McGinnis, you know, started, you know, not long after his arrival. And one of the greatest partnerships of all time, Wags, I don't, I mean, you can name a couple other partnerships, but I put them in my top three.
3: Yeah, same here. I mean, those two guys together, just, it was the perfect combination. You had the veteran who had a big shot who knew how to play defense, but also knew when to give the puck up. He was an unselfish defender in Al McInnes. And then you've got this young, brash Chris Pronger guy that's running around running people all all over the ice, clearing the front of the net, who's also a pretty darn good offensive defenseman as well. And and you look at it, and McInnes was willing to teach, and Pronger was willing to learn. And that kind of chemistry right there, is what really made that partnership work, is they bounced things off of each other. They were able to grow together. Al mcKinnis he was a great defender, but I think he became better because of his partnership with Chris Pronger and vice versa. That is the, the impetus of a great partnership, is when the veteran and the, and the rookie can essentially
2: build each other up and make them both the best at their position, and that's what they became. Yeah, you can make the argument that Pronger added a couple years to Al McGinnis' career. You can make the argument that Al McGinnis made Chris Pronger a better defenseman. I mean, you talk about a partnership that benefited both. I mean, you know that that's you know that should be Exhibit A right there. You know, in the NHL, I mean, they both made each other better, and they both you know made each other you know have long and happy NHL careers. That's for sure. And then, of course, you know, nineteen ninety and two thousand, Chris Pronger wins the Norris. Uh, he's a first-team All-Star, and he wins the Hart Trophy. Defensemen don't win Hart Trophies. He was great in 1990-2000. This, of course, was the infamous President's Trophy year where the Blues fee-fi-fo-fummed their way to the playoffs only to get knocked out in seven against San Jose. That's not, by the way, a, t- a stomach-turning moment. Maybe it should be, though. Maybe it, it should be, but uh, we can only choose ten. So, yeah. That's our that's our argument. Uh, but Pronger that year, 79 games played, uh, 14 goals, 48 assists, his uh, highest assist total in any season, 62 points, his highest points total in any season, um, also tied for his highest goals total, his highest plus minus that year at a plus 52. And also he knocked down his penalties. In 79 games, he had 92 penalty minutes, which for him – Great, because up until then, he was a guy that would get you about 150 to 200 penalty minutes a year. He was a throwback guy where he was not afraid to go into that penalty box, Wags.
3: No, not at all. And it's, it's not because he fought. No. <laughs> he was not, not a big fighter. I mean, he would no. throw the gloves down when he when he needed to, but he was just – he was physical. He was in that, that plaguer mode, essentially, hip checks and just being very physical and chippy and using the stick well. I mean, he – he was the prototypical throwback defender and people were scared when he was on the ice. The dude had his heart stop on the ice and ended up still playing. So he he just he epitomized fear when players
2: stepped onto that ice and you loved having him on your team. And you know, after McInnis retires, you know, he becomes the captain. He's still anchoring the blues defense. He's in his late twenties at this point. Um, one thing worth noting though was um, while he was still great he did not play a full 82 game season in his time in St. Louis his closest was 81 games in 97-98 and 80 games in his final season of uh, 2003-04 uh, but he always did seem to have something nagging him you know he's his you know when you're when, when you're a big guy like that he was he was big but you know he wasn't like Zydano Chara thick you know i mean he was kind of you know little gangly and, you know, he would, you know, get the, you know, occasional knock here and there. If he's a physical player, that's going to happen, you know, just as, as you play that type of a style. But, apparently, uh, this really drew the ire of the St. Louis Blues front office. And uh, I didn't realize how bad things had gotten between Pronger and the front office until he was on and Chicklets recently. And he talked about what led up to his trade to Edmonton. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of that. No, Luke Whitbin, we're not. You know, you, you've had you've had your time to shine, okay? Well, <laughs> I'll play you later. I promise, okay? Now, spit and chicklets. Here, go.
1: Did you know you you didn't want to resign, or why did you know you were going to get traded? From well, City?
0: I knew they were shopping me. The owner was going to sell the team. Oh, so I was. had my contract was up, but I could have taken my qualifier. We would just gone through this lockout. I was told, well, once the lockout ends, we'll know what system we're in, and we'll we'll talk, about talk extension. Well, then there was a few choice words said about me, and I didn't take kindly to it, and there was a lot of back office stuff that I was not a fan of uh, regarding me over the years, and I just had had enough, and I said, fuck it, go ahead. Yep.
3: Trade me right fucking. Had, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty
0: much, because my agent had been hearing it for four years, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm the bitch. I'm the best player here. Like, why am I getting worked over by the management? Right. Yeah. Right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do.
2: Yeah, and, and it just it, it just went from there. So I mean it that, that whole episode, by the way, worth checking out spit and chicklets. It was just like a couple months ago that he was on. But I, I you know the audacity of the lorries, you know, I I didn't like them back then, and after listening to that episode, I found some way to hate them worse, Wags.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, I was in high school at the time, you know, 03, That I, I just about graduated. And to have that moment be when he was traded, I was the same way. I did not realize the the backroom shadiness that was going on in the organization at that time. Obviously, we knew the Lorries were s- searching to sell the team, but you know, we didn't know that they were trying to essentially discredit their best player in order to get rid of him. Because if Pronger wasn't mad at the organization if if there was no bad blood towards the organization it would have looked so poorly on on the blues when they traded him well now all of a sudden there's bad blood they start making things up but it doesn't go public all of a sudden he's out in public pissed off now it looks like oh here's the high and mighty Chris Pronger wanting all these things and that's why we're getting rid of him so they were basically setting up the PR-ness of it to a, to make it look like the Blues were getting rid of a prima donna, essentially. And now hearing all this, it
2: doesn't surprise me that that was the case, and it just makes it hurt that much more. It does, and then, you know, the return they got for Pronger made it hurt even worse. Uh, defenseman Eric Brewer, Doug Lynch, and Jeff Woy-Witka. Uh, Woy-Witka, you know, is features- not he in Transformers? I, I, you know, that, that sounds, that sounds about right. Isn't he the title character's name? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to be fair, Roy Whitka was a former first round pick, you know, so he had some, I remember when the, when the blues got him, he was supposed to be like the future, you know, like prospect, you know, guy. I mean, cause I think he was like 22 when they got him. So, you know, the future was still possible for him. Uh, Doug Lynch was a second round pick. We never even saw him in St. Louis. Uh, I think he stayed in Peoria the whole time. And then, of course, Eric Brewer was a former fifth overall pick and was expected to be a solid NHL defenseman. Uh, newsflash: He was not. Um, I there are a few players in Blues history I detest more than Eric Brewer. He had the charisma and the passion of a vacuum cleaner. Ooh, and, I, that, and, that's
3: a, that's a little harsh to the vacuum cleaner.
2: Well, no, well, I say that because Eric Brewer sucked, just like a vacuum cleaner. He was just he he was he was just like a Hoover. He was he was he was he absolutely sucked. Um. So, yeah, Um. not not a good return at all. But, you know, what what hurts worse, Wags, the, the, that the return for prong was just absolute shit or what it signaled. And that was the beginning of some painful years.
3: Mm. I, it, it's so hard to choose between the two because the return actually made it what the next few years were going to be. So I I think you had to look at the return being more hurtful because if they would have gotten more for Pronger, then maybe you don't go through such a dark period. Because, I mean, I remember going to a game against Calgary and the Blues lost something like 10 to 1. And nice. I was sitting six rows from the ice. And I'm like, I, I should be enjoying this. And we're getting blasted by the Calgary Flames. Granted, uh, this is when Jerome McNeil was there. Yeah. But still, it was the Flames. So, yeah, I think you have to look at the return as being more hurtful because it eventually it, it set up what came after that. And that, that hurt as well.
2: Yeah, um, it, it really did. And, you know, the, the only positive from that time period I can think of was It was a time when um, my dad and I actually got season tickets for the Blues because they were running a special deal where if you got season tickets like in the last two rows of the upper deck, they were like four bucks a ticket. I mean, they were they were almost giving them away. And it was so hilarious going to games during this time period because half the damn place would be empty because Mm -hmm. the Blues were just playing absolute garbage And except for the top two rows in the upper deck would be shoulder to the shoulder packed, uh, full of just hockey nerds like us that just couldn't get enough hockey and $4 tickets per game. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We will absolutely do that. So had some of my best memories as a Blues fan during that time period, but they were really, really not not good at all. Um, no, was, and, that,
3: was that still, was the Taco Bell special still going on at yes, that point? The, the, yes. the five for 35?
2: Yes, and I had some friends of mine that worked at the Taco Bell on Richardson Road in Arnold, and they hated that promotion with the power of a thousand suns because the next day after the Blues scored five, it was just endless tacos, taco, taco. I mean, they they probably pumped out at least, you know, 5,000 tacos the next day for that one location. You had lines going out to the street. It was just absolute pandemonium. And they finally, I I think that was one of the reasons they stopped the promotion was because it was just an absolute nightmare for a Taco Bell employee.
3: Yeah, we we took advantage of that many, many times because we had a household of, I think, five people at the time. So, yeah, we took advantage of that.
2: Uh Luke Winbin uh, checking in. Uh five nothing stars game in the my kitchen era. Oof. My dad swore we would never go back. Now I want to know because you know, Luke, you you live in the Twin Cities. Obviously you've been back, I assume, right? You know, chime in if, if that is indeed the case. Of course I've been back, you've been back. Um, you know, I'm a season the, ticket holder, so I have to be back. <laughs> yeah, you, you kinda have to, otherwise, unless you're just like burning money and you know lighting money on fire, you know, you know, or trying to take part of the you know some sort of stub up scam. Um but it's not uh, a scam
3: if you get paid.
2: It's not a scam that, if you get paid. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um but yeah, those spin chickless comments, they kind of highlighted what we knew that the Bill Laurie era was a terrible one as Guy alluded to. He wanted to use the Blues as kind of a package deal to get the NBA's Vancouver Grizzlies. I remember that saga was was just was about just as painful as the Blues play on the ice because it felt like it was going to happen, and then the NBA decided they didn't like Bill Lorry, and that kind of, now they're in Memphis. Um, so then it was, you know, as the guy said, strip the team and dump it. So, um, yes, I remember the chance vividly. We with, yep. When it got to four goals, it didn't matter when. Um, yeah, they the, we won tacos. Like st- I can hear the chance in my head. Uh Luke Whitbin, uh Christmas only to visit grandparents. We always went back. There we go. I like that, Luke. You always went back. Good man. Um Wags, I'm getting your tickets when I get back home. <laughs> Mm. are we fighting for this or or? you better lock those things up in a safe because you know hawaii blues fans coming for your ass you know it sounds like
3: (laughs) well you know news news alert all of them are digital now i don't have any i don't have any physical tickets no
2: you should have told them they were physical and had them like (laughs) try to hunt for them (laughs) Yeah, set up a scavenger yes oh god we're we're so mean. We're, we we we're picking on our gold standard. We but, are. Yeah. So sorry about that, uh, Hawaii Blues fan. Uh, I do that to my own family, though. I I would send my own family on a scavenger hunt for fake tickets. Oh, I, I would God. do that. Yeah. It's, uh, same way. Same way. Spe- especially with certain members of my family that particularly are irritating. <laughs> we all have those types. So, yes. You know. Um. And I guess I guess one final note on the Chris Pronger saga is that you know I'm glad that he seems to be back in good terms with the organization. Um whenever I uh, would go up to the blues press box, he was pretty much there at every game. I mean, you know, just about. You know, even though he was a Florida Panthers scout, um, he was at every blues game. So, you know, and he still he still lives up here. So um, you know, I'm curious to see what his you know future has now that he's away from Florida. I guess he wants to uh, focus on some other uh, business uh, interests. So yeah, I
3: think he's doing something with his wife as far as like travel plans or something like yeah. that. It, it, it was some sort of odd decision to to leave the well, Panthers scouting department to, to do something with travel during COVID.
2: Well, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, it, it, they probably had a plan well before COVID. But, you know, now it's just like, you know, I, I think they're kind of taking the mentality that I think we all are taking with this. And that is at some point this is going to end. at some point so do you want to be ready whenever it ends and things return to normal you know i guess i guess that's what he's looking at plus it's chris pronger he made good money in the in the nhl he's got money to burn so i think i think he'll be okay we don't have to send a uh food basket to the pronger residence anytime soon
3: but we can extend an olive branch and a invitation to the show
2: Mmm, you know I like that. You're going from the food basket to the olive branch. Uh, very foodie. I I dig it. I dig it. I think that's gonna that's what's gonna win Chris Pronger over, and he will. He's gonna watch this show or listen to it and be like, "Yep, that's the show I need to be on right there." Blue Notes. What we do? Uh, yeah, Chris. If if you're watching or if anyone that knows Chris is watching, and you know he wants to, you know, spill the beans about the lorries or his time in St. Louis or anything else. Drop us a line at Blue Notes Pod. Call our number 314-329-4349. Uh, get a hold of us. We would absolutely love to have you on, Chris. Absolutely. Um, and then of course, honorable mention this week is Eric Johnson going first overall. And here's the thing. And and, and this is this is kind of why he's an honorable mention and not like a top five. Um, he was the bad player. And at the time the pick was made, it wasn't a bad pick because you know he he had the pedigree coming out of the U.S. National Development, um, and I think he also played at what Minnesota as well. I think yeah. yeah. So he had the pedigree. He was a big guy, six foot four, two hundred twenty-five pounds. And oh yeah, you just traded Chris Pronger, uh, so you need another big guy on your defensive end, you know, and that can be kind of a dynamic talent. Well, hey, here's Eric Johnson. Good timing. Amazing. Um, and so they, they take him and, you know, they take him over some very noteworthy players, which we'll get to here. And uh, he's coming along. He's developing. And um, Wags, just uh, be careful for golf carts.
3: Yeah, because yeah. they can definitely attack you when you least expect it, especially when you're drunk. I mean, oh, I didn't say that. I did not say that. Le- mm, mm.
2: Did not say that. Allegedly. 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 Let's let's go with that. So he he in case in case you don't know what we're talking about, he injured his knee coming out of a golf cart and missed an entire season. Um and from there it kind of felt you know and, and this is this is this is kind of hindsight and you know you know just you know re unearthing 12-year-old memories but it felt like the luster with eric after that was kind of gone you know it was it felt like he looked like a guy that missed a year of development time when he came back
3: yeah he did and for defensemen i mean you talk about high draft picks when it comes to the forwards they're so easily plug and play that they can get in and not necessarily know the system but still be able to produce defensemen take a couple years to really develop into solid defensemen you know we saw that with Alex Petrangelo you know he was able to spend time a little bit with the Blues and then went back down to his team same thing with Colton Pareko we've seen year over year progression and, and just improvement in different areas well Eric Johnson came in and like you said Pronger had just been traded So you take this defenseman number one overall, and you say, "Look, we're not going to give you time to develop. You're our number one guy. Have fun." It it, it was destined to fail from the beginning, and you see now what he's become, and that's what he would have been if he would have been able to give have been given that time to develop over a few years, and then, like you said, losing that year to the golf cart accident, it really stunted his growth here in St. Louis, and, and really made fans, you know, resent him in a sense.
2: Yeah, it really did, and it, it was kind of unfair to him a little bit. I mean, it, what happened with him in the golf cart was a freak thing, but you know, the the other issue that he was dealing with is that he was the number one overall pick, and when you're the number one overall pick, you have certain expectations and you have a certain amount of pressure. On you, and unfortunately for Eric, it just was not going to work. Now, when he was traded, it was kind of to, to, to me, it was kind of a surprise. Like Guy alluded to the fact that you know Eric may have been saying some things or may have been disgruntled, or whatever. I personally don't remember that. I remember the trade being kind of a surprise. Uh, do you?
3: Yeah, it was middle of the night. <laughs> That's yeah. how much of a surprise well, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, no one saw it coming. And yeah, maybe there was some stuff internally that maybe was going on, but nothing that ever really leaked out. You, you have to remember, this team was so young. Not only did you have Eric Johnson, you had David Perron, TJ Osey, Patrick Berglund. I mean, so much youth on this team. And you were being led by a guy that definitely did not skew toward the youth of of the nhl so there there was there had to have been some sort of butting of heads internally but i don't think it was enough to justify the trade although it did end up working out okay for the blues
2: it did because unlike chris pronger the the, the trade was actually a good one um where the blues got some uh, good assets back you know they traded it was uh eric johnson and jay mcclement uh mm-hmm. who was a uh, you know fourth line grindy center Uh, to Colorado for Chris Stewart, who I was very excited about when the Blues got him. Didn't quite work out the way that I think we wanted him to, but he still became a useful asset later when he was traded for the goalie who shall not be named. Um, And then, of course, the other player that the Blues got was the player that really made the trade a good one for the Blues and kind of a win for the Blues was Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, Shattenkirk, people forget, you know, I know a lot of Blues fans soured on Shattenkirk as his time in St. Louis was kind of kind of winding down to a close, but for the longest time, I remember that there was actually some debate as to whether the Blues should keep Shattenkirk and make him the number one right-handed defenseman or Alex Petrangelo. Now, we all know Petrangelo's become the better defenseman, but I remember it was very hard to separate the two for a while, Wags. It
3: certainly was. Yeah. There was a huge debate on who you wanted to go with because Petrangelo was younger in a sense and you weren't sure what you were gonna get out of him. And Shattenkirk had been producing. He was a guy that could run the power play. He was a guy that was offensively gifted on the defensive end. But thankfully, in a sense, the blues, you know, knew they had other things coming. You know, you had a Colton Pareco that you eventually were able to to draft and, and bring into the system and I think they hit a home run on that one. Yep. Uh, but they made the right decision when looking at the track record of both Shattenkirk and Petrangelo and they could see and project out what was to come. Now you look at it and you go, Hey, Petrangelo's better defenseman. He's got a Stanley cup. Well, guess what? Kevin Shattenkirk now has a Stanley cup as well. So, you know, they, they play two different styles and you know, with Shattenkirk, you're not going to get the defensive minded guy that Petrangelo is. It's, it's basically two heads of the same coin. Uh, it's just one's offensive and one's defensive. I'm glad they made the decision. It hurt to see Kevin go, but he eventually got to play for his hometown team, and mm-hmm. he's event- he eventually got a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and it you know he still has friends on the Blues as well, so it wasn't like it was a sour move like the Pronger one was at the time. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it ended up working out well for everybody, I think, outside of the injury Shattenkirk suffered in New York.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, uh, you know, not only that, but, you, you t- again, you were talking about the expectations of a first overall pick. You know, Shattenkirk had the uh, pressure of going home to you know New York and the uh, and the home crowd, and sometimes, as as we've seen, you know, players can wilt in front of their uh, their own home crowd. So, uh, you know, a bit of a buyer beware situation there. Mm-hmm. But you know, even Shattenkirk became useful for the Blues because he uh, was traded to Washington, of course, and the Blues got back Zachary Sanford, mm-hmm. um, who is finally took him a little while, but finally looks like he is emerging into a solid NHL forward. Uh, We'd like to see him be a little bit more consistent, and I think that's the argument of every Blues fan. But uh, uh, he's, you know, looks like he might be the second or third line left winger next year, so he's got a solid spot on this team. And, uh, of course, a first-round pick uh, in the 2017 NHL draft, which became one of the pieces for Brayton Shen. So... Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to complain about that one Mm-mm. at all. So, well, um, the one
3: thing you forgot to mention during the Pronger thing, you know, we did get Eric Brewer, but when we traded yep. Brewer to Tampa, that pick eventually became Jordan Bennington. So, that's right. Now, looking at hindsight, how bad was that trade?
2: You, you know, when still you look bad. at it like that, it was, it, it was still bad because Eric Brewer was just an absolute abyss of production for the time that he was, you know, in, in St. Louis. But, you know, it, it and it also completes a very interesting trade tree that starts with. Brendan Shanahan, to Chris Pronger, to Eric Brewer, to Jordan Binnington. the 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 Brendan Shanahan's legacy is still alive, technically, four you know four degrees down the line. So you know we'll see how long Binnington lasts in St. Louis. But, uh, but the one final thing about Eric Johnson here is, it, you know, it we, we we everything we talked about kind of validates Johnson a little bit, you know, just because. Um, you know he goes to Colorado, and by the way, you know we we talked to our friends offside by a mile. They love they love Eric Johnson mm-hmm. in Colorado. He's been a very steady, you know, solid defenseman for them. Not a superstar, but in Colorado, you know he wasn't drafted first overall by Colorado. He was drafted first overall by St. Louis. So in Colorado, that expectations off, and he can just be what he is, which is a solid NHL defenseman. Period. End of story. So. Happy ending for him. Happy ending for the Blues with all the maneuverings that they've been able to do since then. But it does mean that the Blues passed over on some prime talent whenever they drafted Eric Johnson. Um, second, uh, the next pick after that was Jordan Stahl, who's been okay. No one worth missing, in my opinion. But the next two, actually really next three, uh. Ye- Jonathan Taves, number three; Nicholas Backstrom, number mm. four; and Phil Kessel, number five. Kessel, you can argue, but definitely Taves and Backstrom. Wouldn't they be great in the Blues uniform?
3: Uh, yeah, we we curse Jonathan Taves for everything that he's done to the Blues as a Blackhawk and what he's done in in Chicago, winning three championships. But if that was all flipped and he was in a blues uniform when all that was going on, we would be defending him to the day we die. Yeah. So, yeah, missing out on him. I mean, Nick Backstrom is another guy. I mean, I, I don't know if I definitely wouldn't put him in the same tier as Jonathan Taze, but he's still way up there when it comes to the offensive capabilities that he has. You know, you you have a guy like Backstrom paired up with Perron or, or an Oshie or a Berglund. All of a sudden, that offense changes completely and maybe Oshi is utilized in a role that he's being utilized in Washington right now and is successful in and could have changed the entire course of the franchise. Uh, and honestly, I always wanted Phil Kessel in a blue uniform. I always would trade for him in, in NHL. And I, I love his style. He's an American. It's it's you know, We want to have successful Americans on, on our teams. At least I do. Uh, so I've always wanted to have Phil Kessel on this team. But I don't know if he would have fit the blue system that they are running at the time of that, you know, of that draft. Uh, so yeah, missing out on those three guys. Absolutely. Absolutely tough, but you, know, you can't look back at it and go, Oh, I wish it could have been this way. Uh, although it is heart wrenching, gut wrenching to, to look
2: back and see what could have been, you know, who'd be the happiest person in St. Louis. If Phil Kessel became a St. Louis blue, Steve Ewing. Uh, from yes. Steve's Hot Talks. Yes. You took it out of my <laughs> mouth. Literally. <laughs> right there i i was wondering if 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 we have enough hot dogs in st louis to satiate phil castle but then steve you know steve's hot dogs in in you know in tower grove that would be phil castle would probably live there honestly he'd have a plaque
3: on the wall pictures <laughs> he would have everything he would actually probably rival steve for you know
2: popularity in oh. his own restaurants oh they, they they'll probably make him a uh, member of the urge <laughs> phil kessel on the urge i can he, see that he can play like the tambourine or something i don't know <laughs> you know something something easy something simple but yeah yeah uh, that god you yeah, we really do think alike sometimes we do. It's, it, it's so scary Um, Another player that the Blues missed in the first round, although 21 others did as well, was Claude Giroux. He was picked in the 22nd overall. Um, Of course, the Blues took Patrick Berglund, uh, 25th overall that year. Uh, In the second round, they had the first pick in the second round. They took some guy named uh, Tomas Cana, who who never became anything. They could have had Milan Lucic or Jeff Petrie in the second round. Now, Lucic, you laugh at now, but his early career was mm-hmm. great in Boston. He was a very feared player. Petrie's become a good defenseman in Montreal. And then how about this in the third round? Instead of Jonas Juneland, the Blues could have drafted, and I can't believe I'm about to say these I words, know. Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand went into the third round that year. Would, you know? We, we, we talk about the possibility of Jonathan Taves being a St. Louis Blue could you ever, ever imagine that rat, Brad Marchand, being a St. Louis Blue? Could you imagine having Taze and Marchand on the same line in oh, St. Louis?
3: God. I, I mean, we, we, we like going to be right oh, oh. Mm. I mean, mm. that's that's the, the stuff of teenage dreams,
2: but... That's and NHL twenty one dreams too. Yes, if you're 20 playing 20. on the, on your Xbox.
3: <laughs> I, I just, oh man, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be hated as as a team. And and I think if that would have been the case, if you would have had Tays and Marshawn on this team, and they played the same way that they play now throughout their career here in St. Louis. I don't know, I don't know if we would be that loved in St. Louis. Who knows if we would have gotten the All-Star game or or a Winter Classic if we would have had those guys employed on our team.
2: Uh we but, probably would have won some championships though. But you know what? Boston would still be hated because they're Boston. True. And their and their and their fans make them very hateable. Renee Cummings the side of the uh Generation yes. oh, Bruins yeah. podcast. We love her. She's great. She's fine. Um and actually I have I have a cousin of mine that's uh, married to a Bostoner that's a Bruins fan. He's fine too but the rest of you guys ugh, nasty. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, reminder. Um, you can listen to Luke Whitbin's new single on YouTube. We have a link in the description and our Facebook and YouTube and our audio podcast page. You can check it out there. Uh, we have our, uh, teespring store. Of course it's active right now. That's where, uh, Wags got his, uh, sick shirt. There also, uh, uh, Hawaii Blues fan got one just like that. You saw that in the video as well. Uh link in the description there as well. Or you can just go to teespring.com and search for Blue Notes. It's that simple. Uh got our jersey giveaway going on this week at Twitter at Blue Notes Pod. Just uh search for our most recent post of about the hockey jersey giveaway. It's got a blues jersey uh image in there. Just retweet that. Like Blue Notes Pod, like Hockey Podnet. You could win yourself a blues adidas jersey not that fake china shit the real deal we don't we don't we don't mess around here on blue notes and the hockey podcast network so um i think that pretty much covers every uh, everything anything else you want to talk about wags uh,
3: no i think we're good my stomach doesn't hurt as bad as i thought it would thinking about these uh past issues that we've had uh i'm actually starting to feel oh, a little bit okay
2: I want to thank dan ferris for streaming on his roku i actually uh I guess uh, he'd be watching on YouTube on on Roku. I guess that would be so. Uh, thank you very much. And actually, it shows he's watching on Facebook. So, uh, thank you very much. We can uh, be, we're on Roku, we're on the Fire Stick, we're on any streaming device you can imagine. Uh, don't forget the Blue Note fan report. Uh, our buddy uh, guy, the YA Blues fan, uh, link in the description below, and YouTube, Facebook, and the audio podcast as well. And one final note about Brad Marshand. Uh, guy says we would run him out. We have never liked dirty players which i don't know i i feel i i feel conflicted on that wags i I feel that we've had a few dirty players in our time that we've celebrated yeah yeah
3: i would i would say so i mean like remember
2: remember mike danton oh yes
3: yeah he tried to kill his agent which that that whole story that whole story is something that you could really dive into and there's a lot there, but yeah, we definitely employed some goons.
2: Yeah. That deserves its own podcast series someday. You know, the Mike Danton story, crazy story uh, right there, but we don't have time for that today. So we are going to wrap it up here. I want to thank you for listening because without you, there is no me. There is no wags. There is no Hawaii blues fan. And there is no hockey podcast network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle Luke Whitman play us out suspension
0: draft Glenn Hall taking third overall Counts by Twitter, but the only win the blues would get Seth Martin backed up left to drive a fire truck Kaylee we irons just a game and that was it blood retired great, back on ice to dominate. He and Glenn Hall split the Vesna, only franchise win. Paul retires, comes back, Wakely Edwards, we shall pass. Plot is struck in the head, Blues lose a cup again. We We need a a good netminder. So we try to sign him, but can never find him. We need a good netminder. So we try the draft, but they never last. Hull retires, final time. Ernie Wakely in decline. Jacquard, called upon, wins the starting job. McDuffie loses every game. Traded, not nice things to say. Bob Johnson chills Croton. Jim, watch him meet McLeod. St. Louis brings in accountant Wayne Stevenson. Starts a couple seasons. Reavers draft. Croton is taken. Davidson makes a jump. Stevenson is traded out. Eddie Johnson traded in. Blues got ties with Davidson. We need a good netminder, So we try to sign him, but could never find him We need a good netminder, So we try the draft, but they never last Forty-year-old Johnson plays Grand five seasons never stay Four years, Yves Belanger Not consistent, sent to flames Lose, call up another kid Stanijowski thrown in Real cool helmet, hurt his hand Join the army instead Phil Meyer brought in One game, nine Richardson Blues miss the playoffs Back to back seasons 18 wins, 79 Lowest for the franchise Meyer traded to the Flyers Mike Lee, would finally sign we, we, need need so we, we need a good netminder So we try to sign him But can never find him We need a good minder. minder. So we try the draft, but they never, never last. First step of the 80s, Mike Lee owns the crease, wins a Pearson All-Star, Skidmore, LaRocca, Helen Hines, couldn't pay him, had to trade. Wamsley, Mill and Major, Major, Blonsky, Riendo, Guillermo, Baron Cujo. Team is great, can't win, Casey Ridneck, Sergeant. your plays in every game till his knee is blown away. We, we need a good netminder. So we try to sign them but can never find them. We need a good net minder. So we try the draft, but they never last McLennan, Parent, Racing, Carey Roman, Turex, Mask scary. Scored on from the red line Johnson, Brathwaite, next in line Rudy, Davis, Osgood, Sanford, Brasso Laleen, Schwartz, Sue Cashwood, Bishop, Conklin Toy, Van Legacy, Holt, Mason A lock in a big trade Elliott makes big saves Miller fails, Broder signs Jake Allen, time to shine Nilson Copley, Carter, Hutton Allen, Flounders, Drop, Chad Johnson Call up Jordan, Bennington Two backs up the cup, we need a good net minder, cause the team was failing and so was ailing. We need a good net binder, till looked calm and the wind went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. We need a good net binder, things look really great until the COVID break. We need a good net binder. We just traded Alan, so I hope we have him. We need a good netminder, so we try to sign him, but can never find him. We need a good netminder, so we try the draft, but they never last.